Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, AKA The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch With Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we've got a special topic, and that's entrepreneurship. So many Amazon sellers or Walmart sellers don't really think that they're entrepreneurs, and we're here to bust that myth and to talk to you about how you can succeed and what to do. So today, we're gonna be talking about Start, scale, exit, repeat. And how about before we get to that, let's go to a word or let's go to the intro. So when I talk about entrepreneurship, we're going to be covering who should be entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk about what you can learn, what's natural, how to break into entrepreneurship, the four different sections that our guest is going to be talking about. And that is start, scale, exit, repeat. We're going to talk about his journey and what he's done, his failures, his successes. And maybe you'll learn a little bit about what not to do. Okay. So today's guest. Our guest is the author of a number one best-selling book, Start, Scale, Exit, Repeat. He, is, he has co-founded several internet and technology companies, including Internet Direct, Two Cows, and Hostopia. He and his partners continue to launch new companies, including Startup Club, Paw.com, and Meowingtons. And I am talking about my good buddy and author, Colin C. Campbell, or as I like to call him, Colin. Now, before we get to Colin, let's have a word from our sponsor. Facing cash flow challenges with your e-commerce business? Discover Viably, your ultimate financial ally. From real-time sales data integrations to immediate funding access, Viably is here to support you. Plan your growth with their free tool for online sellers and engage with specialists whenever you need. Extend your cash flow with Viably. All right. Where is the mayor of Blunderville? Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you, your worship? Quite a busy day. It's been a really busy day. All these pre records because I'm supposed to be away one of these days. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Uh, any news to add? Um, well, basically, as you're seeing this now, this is a pre-recorded episode, so Norm and I are not live. Uh, I'll be in the comments here, actually, so you can um, badger live Kelsey down in the comments if you'd like. And we, uh, so it's the same thing as usual. Just get your comments and questions in the comment sections, and we'll try to get to them. We'll be posting them into our Facebook group, too, uh, so our audience can help answer them as well. So uh, make sure you join our Facebook group. Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA, and e-commerce collective. Give us a thumbs up, and I think that's it. Okay, very good. Yeah, there's not a lot to talk about because we don't know exactly when this this uh, podcast is going to air. So we'll just get right into it. So questions, comments, into the comments section. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee. I grabbed an energy drink, and welcome, Colin. Thanks for having me on, Norm. It's 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 such a delight, and we were blown away by the fact that we were number one on Amazon for e-commerce on the day we launched the book. It was just amazing. 
And I think it's a testament not just to the work that I've put into this, but we've had a team of six people for two years interview over 200 experts, authors, and serial entrepreneurs. It's been a very long project putting this together, and we were just so excited to see that happen. And I know, Norm, we've talked about this book for years, and we finally got it out. We got it published by Forbes, and it's taken off like a rocket ship. The message is getting out that start, scale, exit, repeat. Yes, you can do it, and you can do it over and over again. So I, I want to talk about that. I, I've talked to a lot of individuals uh, over my my many years, and a lot of people think that you can't learn, that this is something you are either an entrepreneur that can work for themselves or you're not. Can you explain that? Yeah. So you've actually, we we pulled some studies. Let me give you a couple of, of numbers here. First, first-time entrepreneurs uh, have an 18% chance of succeeding if they raise funding. Uh, serial entrepreneurs have almost double the chance. So this is the question that I've been asking. What makes a startup successful? That's what I've been working on for over 10 years with this book and over 30 years as a serial entrepreneur is to figure out that question. Because really, is it dumb luck? Uh, is it hard work? Or is there something formulaic? Well, I am here to say that serial entrepreneurs have a better understanding of how to create a business. They've experienced it before. They're more learned. There are systems that you can apply to increase your chances of success when you start your new venture. You can absolutely. So this book breaks it down very, very clearly in four different sections, start, scale, exit, and repeat. And by the way, you can get to exit and still screw it up. We talked about that in the book. There's some good stories in the book about that. But it breaks it into those four sections. And then under each section, we talk about you need a great story, you need great people, you need great systems and you need the money. You got to be able to fund the company to get to your first stage gate. So we break it down in the book and it really can be a formula to increase your chances of success. There are, there's a hundred different things you can do to move the needle higher, to increase so, your chances of that success. Yeah. Uh, well, when I take a look at e-commerce sellers, uh, it's interesting because that formula that you were talking about and the first time seller, if they let the failure defeat them and if they don't, because a lot of sellers don't understand it, they pay what I call their Amazon tax with that first product that they launched. They just don't understand the game yet. But those that keep launching and keep coming up with brands or products, those are the serial entrepreneurs of Amazon. and a lot of them can just hit the ball out of the park in a, quite a, a short period of time. I, I've never seen any business, uh, and I don't want to hype up Amazon or Walmart or any of these e-commerce companies, but Amazon's got that captivated audience. And if you do it right and you understand the process, then you can do it, just like you were saying. I don't know what the difference in percentages are, but also 
the way that you've mentioned it too. You've got it in the book. I've got the book right here. And when you take a look uh, at the 52 chapters that you have, which is a sections that you have, it's pretty uh, interesting because what I liked about this format and what I think every Amazon seller should understand is that when you start a company, you go through that story. You go through the people you'll need. So in Amazon, we talk about uh, VAs and, you know, who are the people that we're going to need to help us? You talk about the money. And I always talk about systems. If your systems aren't in place, your company is going to implode and it'll very implode very uh, rapidly once you start to sell a lot of products. So I, I just found that very interesting that you brought up and how you broke out the book. Uh, into those, you know, four different, uh, those four different sections. And then you have the subsections within that. So um, you want to go through that? So let's just go through, let's say start. In start, you talk about story. What, what's that all about? Okay. Uh, you, 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 you've covered a lot of area there, right? Let me start with the failures, your first time failures, okay? Okay. Because failures are the scars of our past that guide us through our new ventures. Okay. We've got a culture at paw.com. It's test and fail more. Cut losers quickly, scale winners big. Okay. Let me say it again test and fail more, cut losers quickly, scale winners big. We probably launched 10 products at paw. And we'll do a maybe 10, maybe probably do it 20, 25 products a year. And for every 10 products we launch, two or three are a success. Okay, so what do we want to do when we got a loser? We want, because we're testing, we're not deep into it. We want to cut it real quick. What do we want to do when we've got a winner? We want to scale that poppy. And the best way to scale it is through massive distribution. Amazon. Amazon Canada, that's what we did, both Amazon US and Canada. Getting into Walmart, getting into QVC, Home Shopping Network, um, and Chewy.com in our case, because we're, you know, we're a, a pet products company. And it was expanding your distribution in many different ways. That's what we're talking about when you want to scale quickly. Believe it or not, you can have more failures. This is the funny thing. This is the, the thing that people don't understand. You can actually have more products fail, but be very, very successful because the few that succeed, you scale on Facebook, Amazon, like everywhere. You scale it everywhere. So once you understand that concept, it's okay to fail. Then what you're willing to do is like at paw.com, we've been on Inc. Magazine, top 5,000 fastest growing companies three years in a row. Okay. It's just exploding. The company is doing very well. Now, let me tell you where we're doing well, Norm. We're doing well with new products, products that are innovative, different. We pioneered memory foam rugs. You know, we, we, we also file for patents, utility patents, design patents. We're, we cover ourselves there. We pioneered that category. We pioneered the waterproof blankets, and we pioneered uh, memory foam car seats. Those three categories are killing it. Let me tell you what's not, Norm. We got a hundred year supply of shampoo. So if you want some shampoo, I mean, it's beautiful stuff. It really is human grade. I don't know how it'll work on your beard, but I know it, it's, it's really good shampoo. And it's something that 
we did thinking because we have a million customers, all we need is X number to buy. No, whenever you're different, whenever you go into the white space, those places that are different, that's when e-commerce companies succeed. So I, I, I hope that sort of touches on both of you, I think, touching on the failure, but also successes. Let's turn those failures around and turn them into successes for our businesses going forward. I mean, it really is that simple. I know you may you can't believe, it, but it is. And when you are different on Amazon, you're different on Walmart, you succeed. When you're the same old, same old price, 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 it's very hard to succeed. And okay, this- let's let's talk about that because there are a lot of people out there that will say price is everything. It's all about the lowest dollar on Walmart and on Amazon. Now, if you take Paw, for example, they're the most expensive dog bed, pet rug out there. And you brought it into, you, you actually created a market around this that didn't exist before, correct? That's correct. That is correct. How are you getting people to spend double, triple the price on your product rather than your competitors? Well, we always want, when we do when we launch a new product, a new concept, we're always trying to solve a problem, right? And the problem that existed in the marketplace for Paul was that dog beds, for the most part, are cheap and ugly. You know, they're not re- they're not rewashable. They you, you buy them at the pet store. They get really dirty. That's it's it was a space that needed some differentiation. Let, let me give you another example. We had a lot of. Um, time spent with the founder of Reebok, Joe Foster. He, in 1979, had hit $9 million in sales, he and his brother. He won some reviews, or sorry, won. He applied for some reviews in a magazine and won three of his shoes, won five-star reviews in Runner's World. He then got a distributor in the U.S. because of those reviews. Okay, what's old again is new again. But he, listen to this one, Norm. He, he had $9 million in revenue. Jane Fonda wears his shoes on national television. He never paid her to do it. And the company took off. It hit over $900 million in four years. It even eclipsed Nike in the mid-'80s as being the largest shoe company in the world. And all, all of that happened because you had reviews, good reviews. Is it important to you on Amazon? And Walmart a reviews, yeah, a little, just a touch. A yeah. Good reviews, right? And then he had an influencer, which he didn't even pay for. So think of one of the first influencers. So it's old again, it's new again. And so Joe Foster says, search out the white space. What does he mean by that? Go where no one else is going. He went into aerobics shoes for women where no other shoe manufacturer had gone. Everybody was focusing on running at the time. He went into a different segment. So that's what you're going to want to do with your e-commerce businesses is try to think about a space where no one has gone before. You know, that's a a great example with Jane Fonda. And I'll give you just a a very quick example of something that uh, we found. And I'm going to say we, uh, Tim Jordan and I uh, found this on a call one day. We had a, uh, a group at the time. Uh, now it's dissolved, but we were showing people how to do exactly what you're talking about, how to find sub niches 
or that white space. Not really creating that moat, but just finding a sub-niche. And so we started looking at just something that, I, I don't even know how we found it, but uh, a tortilla press. Okay, it was a metal tortilla press. It was selling, I think it was selling for $19 on Amazon, something around there. And we just went over to Alibaba and we saw a wooden tortilla press. So we just checked it out. We saw that Amazon wasn't really selling any wooden tortilla presses. They were $29. That's what it was. And so uh, Tim says, well, I think this is something we can we can look at because it's wooden. It's it's more authentic. And then it was like, oh, let's make them in Mexico or Guatemala or somewhere in South America. And all of a sudden, this wooden one that was cheaper, okay, it cost us less than the metal one, ended up selling for $99. Now, we didn't go to market with it, but when we did it, everybody did, and now it's a saturated market, but that opened the door to something that nobody was doing. There was thousands of tortilla presses, but all we found was that sub-niche, and we opened the door to it. And by doing so, not only were you making money, you were making a killing over the metal ones. That's so, right. Yeah, just another... and you know, you want to solve a problem. In our case, with dog, the dog bed rugs was they were disgusting, but we had designer rugs, so they right. looked beautiful in your home. So they don't longer, they don't have to look disgusting. They can look amazing in your home. At the time, I had three King Charles Spaniels who were all aging, their joints, and one had a hip surgery and. And, you know, you've been there with your dogs, Norm. I know that. But we wanted them to be very, very comfortable. And so yeah. we created something that was comfortable for, the, comfortable for the dogs and designer forward for your home. And all of our products continue to do that from dog-friendly sheets to, to everything. Just be different. That's what we did learn. We have a new material that we've been working with a manufacturer on. This is very cool. Probably shouldn't talk about this. But... Um, that is coming out next march and it's it's weird it's a cooling fabric okay so you touch the fabric and it's cool how it works i don't know i guess they put silver i don't know how they do it but when you touch it it's cool and it grabs the room temperature and mm -hmm. makes your bed very cool so so a, a, we're gonna have a summer line with a number of indoor cooling beds for dogs right where you touch it and it's cool so that's we're very excited about that because our first tests have showed us that a lot of dogs like to cool down especially when it's hot right. in the summer so is that different no one's got this in the world this is brand new fabric that that's been created and it's something that we're coming out with so um and of course fabrics patented and all that stuff so so we're, we're comfortable with that but that being said when you have an idea you do want to create a moat you do want to think of trademarks patents you want to be able to protect your investments and your products. And you don't have to patent. You don't have to spend the money up front. You can do it. I'm not a lawyer, so please get legal advice. But you can do it generally um, up to a year following the launch. A provisional if you want to patent. patent yeah. it, if you want to patent it in the United States. If you want global patent rights, then you do need, which we've done on for a few products, uh, you, do want to get, um, you do want to get the patent done before it launches. Uh, but figure out what your strategy is. Patents can provide you with some strength, with a moat, with a defense. I'll tell you what other else can provide your startups with a defense, a brand. 
You know, and this is something I often see with Amazon sellers is they don't think about their brand enough. 95% of our sales for Paw.com come on Paw.com. 5% come on Amazon. Now, I think, are we doing a bad job on Amazon or are we doing too good of a job on Paw? I, I would argue we could do a better job on Amazon. That's why I listen to your show. I think you, you've got a lot of really good tips and tricks and ways to improve. So that's the key is, you know, we're, we're, if you can create a brand and you can own your customers in the long run, your value of your company is going to go up. We send out an email now. Uh, I think 39% of our business comes from repeat business emails, like non-paid methods, 39%. And it took us years to get to that point or that position. But if you have your own brand, that's something that creates strength and it creates that moat that you need. There's only one paw.com. If you want the original brand, and by the way, every one of our products, we've done like 15, 20 iterations. We're always making it better, always continuous improvement, continuous development. If you want a paw.com product, you've got to go to paw.com. So if you get a great domain name, get a great brand that can support you on Amazon as well, or Walmart or other resellers. Uh, another thing, I think this is probably key, maybe a little controversial on your show, but distribution. If you can manage to figure out how to distribute your product or service throughout many, many, many channels, then when you come out with that product, even if someone does, and you've tested it, let's say it's a hit product, and someone says, oh, I'm gonna start copying, I'll copy, 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 it doesn't matter. You've already got it out in 16 different distribution channels. You've blown it up. Every time they go left, you're already there. They go right, you're already there. You're already in Costco. You're already in Walmart. <laughs> you're in physical retail. You're, you're everywhere. So that's something to think about as well is distribution. That creates a moat. Uh, and this book, we talk about all of this stuff. We go in depth with over 200 people we interviewed. There's actually about 50 interviews in the book that made it. So we took the best of the best and the best authors. One of my favorite chapters is all about funding your startup with other people's money. So think Kickstarter where you fund it up front. So that's an area where I know a lot of people, um, including my son. I want to, I want to tell you his idea, but he'd kill me. Right I, I know his going, idea. I know. You, his you remember idea. it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I remember so, it, but we won't okay, say so he, yeah, he's coming out with it. <laughs> He's coming out with it. I think it's brilliant. I like it because it's an IP based. Um, I like it because it's a lot of IP. So you can have high margin in the product that he's launching. So that's, I don't know if you can add IP into your product. Uh, I know like one with Meowingtons, the cat e-commerce company, I've been encouraging my coworker, Michelle, to come out with a calendar, right? A 365 day calendar. Cause she, they do a daily comic. They've been doing it for four years. They're amazing. They're hilarious. And they're all, you know, there's a, they're related to dates and whatnot. I said, come out with that because you've got this unique IP that no one else has. You can get high margin off of it and you can monetize it that way. So even if it's a, an app calendar, I don't know. I mean, she's, she's, she's working on it. So, so I'm, I'm going to keep uh, encouraging her. She missed this holiday or this new year, but uh, hopefully for 2025, she'll be ready with the Meowingtons, Milton the Cat cartoon. Very good. Now, the scaling part, uh, we can go on and we can go on about this, but 
to get to a point where you can look for an exit, what do you need to prepare to exit a company? Well, I will say this, that most entrepreneurs spend 90 to 95% of their energy, maybe even 99.9% .9 of their energy building a company and 0.1% selling a company. We need to change that equation a little bit. We need to spend 90%, maybe 85% building this company and 15% selling it. There's a number of things that you can do to maximize value on exit. One of the things that I like the most is simply listing potential buyers. And you can break them into three categories, Norm. You can break them into cash flow buyers, competitors, and strategic buyers. Can you guess which one I like the best? I have no idea, Colin. Cash flow, cash flow, competitor, strategic. And it's important that we do that and then identify those strategic buyers. If a strategic buyer comes in, they will often give you a lift. They'll give you a lift between what is fair market value for the product and how much it can have an impact on their company. So for instance, when we sold .club domains to GoDaddy registry, this is an alternative to .com, .net, .org, .club, we sold that registry, they have much larger distribution than us. So we didn't go to them and say, oh, here's our cash flow, give us a multiple of cash flow. We went to them and said, here's our business, and we know you have massive distribution, and this is going to impact your business in this way. So you're going to want to find those strategic buyers to give you the lift beyond that sort of cash flow core basis. Don't get me wrong. You can't find a strategic. We'll move down to competitors. We can list our competitors. And, and they can actually get a lift too because they can eliminate a lot of costs. You don't have another accountant. You don't have another CEO. You don't have another email marketing person. You don't have another, you know, you can, you can get economies of scale. And they'll often give you a little bit of lift for the economies of scale. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to give you 100%, but they're going to give you a little bit of lift. Okay. But you've always done and that, then, right? And then you've got the cash flow buyers, and they're only going to give yep. you a multiple of earnings. So right. let's try to find these buyers in the marketplace uh, that are strategic or even competitors. And I often meet them. By the way, and I know you can use brokers, and I think brokers are appropriate in a lot of situations. But I have to meet these uh, potential buyers in the industry at the trade shows and over the years. And there are a number of them that we just connect with, and they say, okay, I'm ready now. Let's do it. And we do the transaction. Now, timing is half the value. You know, when, when GameStop and the market, NFTs were crazy, I mean, it, that's time to exit stage left. Let's quietly get off the stage, let others make money, take your money, and move along. That's what happened last year. And then we saw, sorry, the year before last. Then we saw the tech wreck of 2022. I mean, it was a wreck. E-commerce companies dropped in valuation on the public markets by anywhere between 70 and 90% in value. We saw Allbirds come out with its IPO and drop 80 to 90% in value. Just totally devastated the value of e-commerce companies. Well, let me tell you this. It would have been better to sell the companies prior to the crash 
than after the crash. Now we're in an environment of high interest rates. This is not a great environment to sell your company. If you do have to sell, it's okay. But if you can hold on and it can bounce back when things do get better, you tend to get a much higher valuation. Um, in this particular case, timing may be more than 50% of the value given where we were only two years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying, I'm not saying Norm, we're going to get back to where we were two years ago, but we're still, you know, but there still might be a better time to sell down the road. But there are a number of advantages of selling your company and not always holding on, especially if you if you know the formula of entrepreneurship, if you can do it over and over again, if you study the systems and the methodologies, you can move from one e-commerce product to another e-commerce product. One advantage is you pay much lower tax rates. And again, please talk to your accountant about this. But uh, the fact is you pay capital gains. And in most countries, capital gains are at substantially lower interest rates. And Canada has some tax breaks for first-time entrepreneurs who sell their company. Uh, the U.S. has some tax breaks as well for C-Corps who, are, who, are, who um, operate for over five years, who have stock that was originated in, um, was, was origination stock, original stock that was issued from, from day one. And those entrepreneurs in that case can get up to $10 million tax-free. There are a lot of benefits to selling the company. But if you can maximize your value on timing and you can maximize it based on the type of buyer, that can make a big difference. You've got a, an image diagram in the book that I thought uh, represented it pretty, pretty good, pretty well. And that was on start, scale, exit, repeat. And that's using uh, Jeffrey Archer and his two books. When you're, crass, when you're crossing the chasm. Jeffrey Moore. Yeah, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Moore. Moore. Jeffrey Archer. Yeah. I, do, I do love Jeffrey Archer, too. I, I do, too. Cain and Abel. Uh, yes. Oh, I love those ones. <laughs> I love those books. Great books for entrepreneurs. Great books. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jeffrey Moore, uh, who, yes. who wrote, uh, we had a chance to interview him for the book, and it was just phenomenal. For me, one of my heroes, uh, he's considered to be one of the top 10 business best business authors of all time. And he, you know, we talked to him about catching the next wave. And he believes, and he, he's laid out and redefined the technology adoption curve by, by identifying a chasm before an early majority. So let me give you an example of this, a live example. The metaverse is, is today still in a chasm. It's been in a chasm for 20 years. And sometimes when you, you, you grab onto a technology and if it, you might go down with that technology if it never gets out of a chasm. We know it gets out of a chasm when the early majority start using it, the pragmatists, those who, who um, are followers, they're not innovators, okay? They're, the innovators come first, but then there's not enough innovators to make products viable in the long run. There might be a little bit of short-term juice. Mm -hmm. You know, think about Clubhouse at the beginning. It was really hot, and it was sort of slowed down. Now, now I believe social audio chat maybe and it's still chasm, chasm, and it's and, and 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 if you banked everything on it, you could go down with it. Look what happened with Meta and uh, Zuckerberg and how he had to you know put ten billion dollars or 
billions of dollars into this project and had to pull back. Meta still is in that chasm, and maybe someone who uses Roblox will, 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 will eventually create that metaverse that we've all talked about, right? NFTs are obviously in a very deep chasm right now. You can bank everything on it, but you could also go down with it. But then take AI. You know, AI is, is, has been around for many, many, many years. But all of a sudden, it hit the early majority. And now we're in a tornado. And what do we do in a tornado? How do we capitalize on a tornado? This is what the book talks about. We go into detail of catching that wave and getting the benefit from it taking off. And uh, just such a pleasure to interview Jeffrey Moore and uh, get his perspective on, 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 on the technology adoption. When you learn how to play in those tornadoes, huge results. It happened for me in the early 90s with dial-up internet. Became the largest company, fastest growing company in Canada. Number one, fastest growing company in Canada. Happened to me with two cows, which today is worth like a half billion dollars. Pretty high, substantial market cap. And that was in the later 90s. Happened in 2000s with a publicly traded company called Hostopia. And that took off and we sold it to a Fortune 500 company. That, that particular technology was capitalizing on broadband, going from narrowband to broadband and using cloud computing or software as a service as a technology that we, we, we grabbed onto that we could sell to telecoms. We ended up selling to AT&T, Vodafone, and all the largest telecoms in the world, small business, email, hosting, and, um, and web hosting. And then in dot club with the advent of, uh, of new domain extensions. Now that's slightly different that story because that was a regulatory change. The ICANN, the internet corporation for assigned names and numbers was opening up its marketplace. And this was an opportunity for us to take advantage of that. And then we saw the rise of micro brands in the 2010s. And that was an opportunity for us to come in with paw.com and meowing to involved in hip optical as well, which is an alternative to Warby Parker, sort of like an edgier version of Warby Parker. Uh, and so if you can identify the wave, get on, have the right techniques for winning in that wave, you can actually capitalize it. And there's two things I would say, if you wanna do that, whether it's catching the AI wave or not, is make it simple, make it easy for the customer. And then second is distribution. Whoever delivers the fastest in a wave wins. That's it. You could have, have you could even have an inferior product. You can. Whoever delivers the fastest. I'm not talking about coming to market the fastest. I'm talking about delivering, and that's distribution. Mm -hmm. Do you remember AOL? Do you remember that company when they were trying to dominate the dial-up internet world? Oh, I remember. They had, yeah. they had diskettes in every magazine. Oh, every yeah. magazine. CD yeah. We used to use them as coasters, the CD-ROMs. There were so many. <laughs> You couldn't turn left with yeah. or right without seeing another diskette. That's distribution. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, the old, uh, what it, what was it called? Uh, beta and VHS. VHS was a much inferior product to beta. They just had better distribution. They had, yeah, so, they had it locked up. There's another one. Okay. So we're at the bottom of the hour. And if you're new to the podcast, we always do something at the top of the hour, and that's called the Wheel of Kelsey, and that's when we have a giveaway. 
So if this is the first time you're looking at the, or watching the podcast, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people. You get a second entry. And now, what are we giving away? Kelsey, what are we giving away? We can do uh, one of my TikTok videos, if you'd like. Why don't Why don't we do that? Why don't we do a TikTok video? All right. So one of Kelsey's TikTok videos, um, if you don't know what his TikTok videos are, check out LWN Deals and you'll see what he's doing. Or is there another channel now? Uh, no, it's LWN Deals, uh, but I promote TikTok or Amazon products on my channel. Um, usually they are associated with some sort of deal or coupon. So if you do have that, that'd be great. But if not, I can always do UGC content for you, do an unboxing, uh, do a benefits video, whatever you need uh, in any kind of video format you want. So uh, I can offer that. Uh, so just Perfect. if you're the winner, uh, you'll have to email me k at lunchwithnorm.com and we can arrange that. Perfect. So that's the deal. Hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people. You'll get a second entry. And now I believe I've got a live read once again. So here I go. Hey, Amazon sellers ever faced account suspensions, ASIN hiccups, or IP headaches? Introducing Seller Basics, your Amazon account guardian. With just 20 or just 29, I'm sure Paul would hate it if it was I said 29. With just $99 per month, Seller Basic offers a dedicated team to shield your business from these challenges. Plus, this membership offers free legal consultation from seasoned e-commerce attorneys. No long-term contracts, cancel with just a month's notice, uh, view Seller Basics as your Amazon account health plan. Check it out at sellerbasics.com. But I got to say this disclaimer, Seller Basics isn't an insurer or law firm. Consultations come from independent firms, uh, results can vary, and membership needs uh, needed before events leading to claims. And the last one, terms apply. Okay, now we can get back to Colin Campbell and Start, scale, exit, repeat. How's that, Colin? That's very good. Now, Norm, I know you've had a, a, a few days here with the book. We launched October 3rd. Uh, you've been able to digest it. What are some of your thoughts for readers about this book? What I, what I like, there's a variety of different things that I like about this book. First of all, I like that. I'm just going to come over here. First of all, one of the... The simplest things, what we were talking about, is exactly what we've talked about. It's broken into start, scale, exit, repeat. It's broken into the story, the people, the money, and then the systems, which is very important for each area. But even when we when we take a look at each of these um, sections, they're broken down into, it's almost like a reference guide. If I'm just starting out in a business, I can always turn to the table of contents, take a look at what I'm looking for, and then I can turn over to the page and start reading. What I notice here too, and I know we've talked about this before, Colin, is the way that you've broken this down is that you've made it where it's it's a very thick book, like four or 500 pages, but it's simple to read. There's a lot of quotes. There's a lot of call outs. There's a lot of illustration. I don't know how many illustrations, but there's a ton of illustrations in here 
that get the point across. So I'm just going to take one, for example, gold setting, you know, stage gates as smart. So specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. And then you go in and you explain it. And they're all broken down by bullet point. These are things that I like doing with whenever I'm writing any form of copy. So these are just a few small things that I've liked in the book that I know that my attention is probably less than a goldfish. And by the way that you've you've laid it out, I can easily read it. And just going through this, I went through this very quickly. So it's it's I think it's great for any entrepreneur. And the interviews that you bring up, like you talk about uh, Joe Foster, you talk about uh, Jeffrey Moore, you talk about all these people, our friend George, you know, uh, you talk about all these uh, people that are in the book. It's very interesting and it's simple to digest. Uh, you asked me the other day, could you tell me, uh, like, tell me what you don't like? And I, I told you exactly. I said, I would tell you if something sucked and i we're good enough friends that i would tell you but i think oh, yeah. that this is one of those books that an entrepreneur or an e-com and by the way guys i would tell you if i made anything off of this book i don't have an affiliate commission i don't have anything i want and i want to promote something like this to help you build your business. Our goal in this podcast is to make you better online sellers. Our other, something else for you to remember is so many of you don't think you're in business or you're an entrepreneur. You think of this as a side hustle. And by understanding the book and reading the book and using it truly as a reference guide, you'll be able to help build your business. So that's, Anyways, that's my absolutely. take on the book. Yeah, and absolutely. And Norm, one thing too is that you said a reference guide, but don't think this is a boring reference guide. It no, is no, a it's compilation not. of stories. Yeah. See, we learn our best when we read stories of real people, real circumstances, the good and the bad, the successes and the failures. So that's what this is. It's a compilation of stories and you know, looking back at them, there are many, many stories in this where you'd almost during them, you'd cry, absolutely cry. You know, the one that stands out for me is when I was in 28 years old and lost a hundred million dollars, yeah. right? 98% of my wealth, Kelsey, Ugh, nine, at 28 years old. That was really, really tough to handle. And there's some really good lessons learned from those failures. And we can, we can learn from from my mistakes and other people's mistakes, from my successes and other people's successes. But it's story, 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 and then we draw conclusions in a very succinct format. We literally wrote it for people with ADHD. 57 chapters, 30 illustrations, 200 callouts. It has been designed to make it very, very simple. And then, if it, and then we also were able to get uh, a very... Um, well-known uh, speaker who uh, put the book into Audible. So it's in Audible as well. You'll be able to get that and you can listen to it. But I would still recommend, you really want to get into it, 
grab the Audible, because I'm an Audible person too. I, I listen to Audible. I like the Audible. But then I like to flip and like you say, reference. I like to look at those those charts. We have a lot of charts, a lot of graphics that we use to display and, and allow people to understand things a little better. So I think the combination of the two makes makes for a killer. And uh, yeah. from a making a money perspective, this was, you know, obviously I have my day job, which is running an incubator of 10 companies. Uh, and I love that. Uh, this was published by Forbes. They take the lion's share of the of the wealth. But uh, but the fact of the matter is, it's never been done for money. It's really been done to give back. This is a calling, and I, I believe that um, that so many people can learn so much from these serial entrepreneur secrets revealed. It's unbelievable, and I believe it can make an impact and change the world. We talked about this ten years ago. I know, we talked it took a about long time. this. It Ten took a years. Long time. Yeah. Well, There's a section in the book that was written 10 years ago. Yeah. And I quote it. You know, this was written 10 years ago. It was prior to the launch of Dot Club. And I said, if I'm going to follow these systems to start, scale, exit, repeat, and understand the story, the people, the money, and the systems at each stage. And by the way, they're very different at start, scale, exit, and repeat. Very different. The story changes, the people change. The money changes and the systems change dramatically, especially in scale. Okay. They're very, very different. So that's, that's, that's what we wrote about. We launched the company, we followed the systems and we had a very successful exit, almost a million domain names sold. We sold to GoDaddy registry two years ago. So it was fascinating to see laying out the theories that we had applied Theories that came from my my uh, lesson at MIT to a Master's of uh, Business for Entrepreneurship program. That's where that's where it started in 2012. Wrote that section in 2012. Put it in the book, and it's been there. And every time I got on a plane, I was writing, writing, writing. And uh, believe it or not, the book was much larger than the one you have. I had to Forbes started freaking out on me. They said this is double the size of any book that we've put published. And I said, we want to like shrink it. So we had to shrink it down a, a hundred or so pages, but we kept the best of the best in it. And it's it. That's it, Norm. Uh, that's all I got. So I, I want to ask you something, uh, just some things I've noticed with some sellers and with the book, you know, what, it, what you see the take action, you know, like identify, take action, identify, take action so many sellers will take a year or two i i remember going and taking a course um at asm and we were all in sort of this group together and we would networked and we kind of did a mini mastermind but the time two years rolled around i already had a bunch of products out and people did not some people did not take any action these are the what ifers and do you have anything to say for the people that are just not decisive enough to take action? Yeah, Norm, I have a, I do a cohort at the universities uh, in South Florida. I do multiple cohorts. And I start off with an exercise called the four sticky note business plan. Okay, this is in the book. It's the four sticky note business plan. Right. You know, one for story, one for people 
one for money and one for systems. Okay. We spend about one half hour and literally every single person creates their business plan with very specific, smart, specific, and measurable, attainable, uh, relevant, and time-bound goals. So all of these are in place, and it's very, very simple. And under story, we come up with, there's five or six things. You know, the, what is your idea, the purpose? What is your X factor? What makes it different? What space do you want to own? If somebody's typing in your product on Google, what puts you on the front page of Google? And then we're going to want to put in some stage gates. These are points of time in the future that we've hit our goals. And if we don't, we pivot or kill it. And then we, we also identify the amount of money that we need to hit our stage goal gate, the people we need to hit our stage gate, and the right systems. And the first thing I encourage everyone to look at when they're starting a business are KPIs, key performance indicators. This exercise takes a half hour. It's four sticky notes. Why are they sticky? Why sticky notes? You stick them up on the wall. They're right there front and center. They're, they're great for ADHD entrepreneurs. And they're also small. So we have to make this. We can't. I'm not talking about a sophisticated business plan. We'll let ChatGPT do that. Okay. We're talking about a business strategy for your business with timelines and identifying the amount of money you need to raise, the people you need to get to that stage gate. The number one reason why startups fail, 80 over 80% fail, and this was a U.S. bank study, because they don't have enough funding. They don't have enough funding to get to a certain point in time where they can prove their concept and raise money from investors. And that's the next thing. Once you do hit your stage gate, it's time to raise money. And we walk through that in detail in the book and explain exactly how to do that. And you are not alone, Norm. No one who runs an e-commerce product is alone. You can get help. You can join a cohort. Do you, know how, do you know how much these cohorts charge? Zero. Absolutely nothing. And they bring in experts like myself and others to help you write your business plan, to help you get your product off the ground. This freaked me out. At the end of the cohort session last time, the head of the law for NSU walks into the, into the, into the room and say, with four uh, legal students and says, we offer free legal services for startups. What? They also connect you with, yes, yes, Norm. They connect you with government funding. You know, we had the opportunity to interview the lady who runs SCORE. SCORE is the um, largest mentor network in the United States. It's owned by the SBA. They have over 10,000 volunteers. She says, your chances of succeeding at a startup increase threefold by having a mentor. And guess what? It's free. Incubators, for the most part, are absolutely free or even shared office spaces are very low cost. Bring the community into your product. Bring It, it does take a village to raise a startup. Right. Don't try to do it all alone. Get help. Vet your ideas. Write a four sticky note business plan. And then you can start, scale, exit, repeat. Very good. And on that note, I think we're done. I think you did a great job. It's awesome. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I loved your podcast, Norm. I think you're doing such a great service and you're helping out so many, so many people out there. So keep up the fight. And you too, Kelsey. Uh, 
I definitely I wanna, will. I wanna, after Kelsey's done the book, reading the book, I want to. I want to hear from him. I want to hear from him on this show. What he thinks of it, because that's good. you know that's the young. It's this younger generation. It's Kelsey's of the world that are going to are, are, are going to start leading us to the next level. And you've got AI. And by the way, we talk about AI in the book as well. We cover that. We talk about how you can win in AI and that AI will be the greatest period of time in history that will mint more millionaires than any other technology. And I think that's just something that every single company, no matter what, has got to pay attention to. It's, it's, it's a game changer. And if you're ignoring it, you're going to fall behind. But, but And you don't have to have a company that is an AI company. It could be a freaking plunger and you can use AI and, and create a product or use that technology to help you succeed in business. Kelsey, New designer pl plungers. There, there we go. <laughs> I, I think it's great timing for uh, my little content creator, like little video projects that I'm doing right now and uh, working with uh, on TikTok and write, helping it write scripts and uh, email coordination. So I've already been able to implement some AI with it, but that's just the surface of it. And uh, I think your book is going to just, I can't wait to dive so into I'd like, it. So I'd like, here's it. what I'd like from you then is, is after you're done, please do a TikTok review. And then we'll post it on our social ah, channels. There we go. Post it on our social channels and everywhere and make you famous. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. All Colin, right. Thank you how can people get a hold of this book? Anywhere. Any, any, you can go to Audible, you can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes and Noble in Canada, Indigo. It's everywhere on every channel. There's physical, there's there's an ebook. Uh, and uh, we don't have paperback yet. We'll probably come out with that in 2024 sometime, but uh, we do have the hard copy. And I'm telling you, this is one of those few books that we designed it to make reading fun again for the ADHD entrepreneur. You'll love it. You'll enjoy it. Have fun with it. Fantastic. All right, Mr. Campbell, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed this show today. And it is a pre-record. What I want to say is that if you are not a member of our community, you're missing out. Go to Facebook, uh, our Facebook group, Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA collective. And like I say, or what did I say, join us. All right. So. I'm going to hop on here really quickly. Uh, as you can see, this was a pre-recorded episode. Um, so we're going to do the Wheel of Kelsey with everyone who entered today live and see who the winner is. So um, make sure you pick up Colin's book. I put the, drop the link here. But uh, let's do the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. So thank you everyone who entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. Just make sure we got everyone. Oh, we got Steve too. All right. And uh, we're going to give this a spin and see who the winner is. So Norm is traveling uh, the next couple of days. We're going to have a live episode on Wednesday and then probably another pre-record on Friday, but we'll be back to normal hopefully next week. And it looks like Hypology is the winner. 
Congratulations, Hypology. Make sure you email me, hey, at lunchwithnorm.com for your, uh, your free video. So whatever you need, um, any product review video, or if you can, if you want to do a, a discount video on my TikTok channel, that's also uh, good as well. So just let me know. And other than that, uh, I think that's it. Norm's just about to close Monday, out. Wednesday, and, and Friday uh, at noon Eastern Standard Time. And we will see you then. Have a good day, guys. Lunch with the, lunch with the, lunch with the.